Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/spoken today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Adam Blancier. Well, hi Luke. Gosh, it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you, mate. How are you? I'm fine. Thank God it's Friday. TGIF, a cocktail. Hey. Am I right? Way. Is Chris Evans on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we haven't got a moment to waste. Let's dive right into this show where we're going to be talking about the reported backstage heat on Sami Zayn. We're then going to go into the AEW NXT ratings and your mailbag questions. Here is the show. about this Sami Zayn report. So this came in from uh, The Observer because we're recording this on Friday, therefore The Observer's out, so we can mine that for information. Um, and there was, like, it wasn't like a lead story or anything, but he did talk about how uh, Sami Zayn has dropped the Intercontinental Championship um, because he cannot be around to defend it, and they're holding a tournament that starts on SmackDown tonight um, of, you know, who is going to be the new IC tournament. Uh, so this is what Meltzer writes. They officially announced an icy tournament on SmackDown. Even though nobody can say it publicly for obvious reasons, there is a lot of unhappiness that Zayn exercised the option that they gave everyone regarding not wrestling if you don't want to right now. Um, he goes on to say, it should be noted that I know of several people in the company who are not comfortable at all about working right now, but were not about to take WWE on the offer for job security reasons. And this was before all of the firings. Um, he also points out there that one of the people that said publicly they're not going to wrestle during this was Leo Rush. And then he was fired. So Tony Khan reportedly told a lot of um, AEW star or told everyone at AEW, if you don't want to wrestle during this period, then you don't have to. And apparently that is still the case. Um, but as we all know with, with wrestlers, if you tell them not to do a thing, they'll still want to do that thing. But yeah, so let's talk about this. If there really is some backstage heat on Sami Zayn. God, WWE is just the ultimate passive aggressive partner, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Don't, oh, you don't. You don't have to clean the sink. I can't force you to clean the sink. 
<laughs> okay, I won't clean the sink then. Oh, well, if you're not going to clean the sink. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, like, I buy it. I buy it. I buy it that it's real. Uh, not, not just, not necessarily just because of like the not working in a pandemic thing, just because Sammy's kind of always had heat on him for some awful reason or another. You know, whether or not he's, you know, doing his Sammy for Syria or you know not being allowed to go to the Saudi shows and speaking out, and or or just apparently he's just quite high energy backstage and that apparently annoys some people um so i don't know if it's a it's a conflagration of all of those things but if you told me that you know on any given day like even the day that sammy won the ic title if you told me there was heat on them i'd be like yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah no i i totally kind of i can buy into this as well because there have been so many reports and there have been things a lot of things have been said not just in the dirt sheets but also by wrestlers themselves like kevin owens talked about this on jericho's podcast that sammy has got a personality that you either hate or you love and kevin owens is one of those people that just absolutely loves him no matter what and there are a few people you know from that sort of ring of honor class that love sammy Zayn because they get him however there are also people that don't get him and just find him annoying. Like, like, you know, those are those are Kevin Unsworth. That's not speculation. That's his best friend saying that. And so I can kind of buy into this. And I think that it's almost a culmination of things. As you sort of said there, it's always it's like a culmination of heat. It's not just heat on this specific thing, but it's uh, you know, it's this and a load of other stuff that has sort of like brought heat upon himself. Yeah, and I do, I do wonder as well if uh, I, I see. I, I, I would hope not, but you can never tell with WWE and, and what they deem to be offensive in one way or another. But there's always like, because Sami Zayn has always been one of the guys that we sort of lambast WWE for misusing. Um, and I, I always wonder if there's going to be resentment there, just because the idea of like, like, well, you are one of those internet darlings you are one of those people that you know we constantly get grief about so we put the title on you and now you're not coming into work i'm not (laughs) that's not me defending wwe i I think that's a really uh, crappy way to to treat people but uh i could yeah like you say it's a culmination thing i think and uh like i mean because obviously like the they've been very very clear apparently that there is no heat on roman reigns They've been very, very clear. Apparently, there is no heat on Becky Lynch uh, for both of those kind of guys disappearing when the stakes were higher than mm-hmm. you know, the Intercontinental title. Let's not pretend that WWE suddenly holds the Intercontinental title in that high esteem. Uh, so it, yeah, it does, like, if it's true, it does seem to be more personal. Can I, um, I'm going to, this is pure I'm pulling the train into speculation station here. Okay. And, uh, I'm not saying this. This is just me with some toot toot speculation station is our next stop. Um, <laughs> I wonder if there's no heat on Becky and there's no heat on Roman because it's family. Becky is starting a family. Roman is doing this because he's just had two newborn twins. And Vince has quite clearly shown over the last year or so that he bloody loves family people. Like Kevin Owens' big push, his big baby face push when he was going to come back was that he was a family man. He was a father and he liked to go bowling with his son. Kofi's motivation for winning the WWE Championship was because I have children and I want to see, I want them to see it. Goldberg, uh, you know, with Sunberg. Like it's Vince is 
he's a family man. Like, you know, he's a granddad now. And I think him becoming a granddad really has just sort of made him go like, kids are brilliant and I love family. and It's amazing. It's good S word. <laughs> and so, you know, Becky going off to be a mother, you know, her and, and Seth going off to raise family. I think that's why there's no heat. There's same with Roman. But Sammy is just doing this because Sammy is outspoken. And I wonder if that is what is causing the heat. Again, maybe. I speculation. mean, WWE despises weakness. <laughs> <laughs> just despises it um you know um vince has gone on record many many times saying he has no sympathy for people who uh let their circumstances define them uh and i believe i i could totally believe that yeah if you don't have a fam family lacey (laughs) evans is a mother yeah that's the Uh, other one right yeah uh if you if you don't have family to protect like a warrior uh then if, if you're wanting to stay home and not you know contract a a potentially deadly virus then you are not pulling yourself up by your boots grab that brass ring yeah. um that one really was missing from money in the bank i felt someone a, grabbing a literal, a brass, literal ring. brass ring yeah 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 but um yes we've got a tournament for the ic title we don't know too much about it at the moment we don't know who is in it and who is not so um i went over to the greatest wikipedia page in the history of the internet list of wwe personnel it is the uh most succinct place to find out who is on what brand who is inactive who is still under contract um it's the most up-to-date thing is way better than wwe.com hmm. for shame wwe.com um and now after raw there's not really a brand split at the moment because the ratings are down the networks are panicking so the networks have just said abandon the brand split bring in anyone so baron corbin is going to be on raw this coming week alexa bliss was on raw this past week <laughs> ratings are down <laughs> parachute in corbin <laughs> He is always the answer. And then if ratings don't bounce back up, it's his fault. Um, it's why we had to get rid of we had to get rid of authority figures in the first place, because Baron Corbin was bad. It was all his fault. Um, <laughs> that story. Um, and uh, so I had a look at, you know, who is on Raw, who's on SmackDown, who could be in this. And I've kind of put together some names um, on this list, but who you kind of got in mind of, of who could be the the winner of this IC tournament. I mean, I always want Daniel Bryan to be Intercontinental Champion. It's just like it's his destiny. It's it's the belt that he you know I he never really got a decent run with it. I think he could do the most good for it. I, I it, it fits exactly what I think he wants wrestling to be. Uh, so I'm always going to be pushing for for D Bryan as champion. But it seems like a good time to kind of uh, make a make a new star. Um bring bring someone maybe even bring someone up from nxt you know just mm-hmm. like because if they want ratings to to go up you could just yeah explode someone up i mean i'm you know i'm always going to push for a, a keith lee double mid-card champion oh <laughs> yes <say>. please mate <laughs> i'd be I'm all never, over that like white on rice he's never not going to be my choice um so i like that i cause the mid-card like you who knows like Ziggler like these there there are people that are always going to be in contention just because they are sort of mid-card for 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 life um so you know like Ziggler rude um though those gang but yeah. uh what well rude's well, um stuck in Canada uh, oh, with the same brother so yeah so he can't he won't be in it but the names so like outside options um Akira Tozawa like I know he's just an enhancement talent on Raw but good crikey what a talent he is and what sort of way to, you know, kind of like try and elevate someone. 
a little bit, try something a bit different. Jinder, who is, you know, currently on Raw, but that's not stopping anyone now. So, like, he is good mid-card heel. Like, he's a, he's a kind of a really good mid-card heel. Should be nowhere near the WWE Championship. Mm. Um, you could keep it within the Artist Collective of Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. If you wanted to split up Miz and Morrison, either one of those would be a good shout. Jeff Hardy is now back. So he's a good shout. And off the back of Jeff, uh, so I, I interviewed Seamus in January for the, the BT Sports thing. And he said that when he, like his goal of coming back was to win the IC title. And the I, reason, literally, the, as you were speaking, I was like, it's going to be Seamus, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the reason being is it's the one title he's never won. And he kind of he's he said in the interview that I had with him, everyone's kind of takes the piss out of him a little bit for that because like surely you want to aspire to being the WWE champion or the Universal champion again. And he's like, no, I've I've won those belts, but I've never won the IC title, and that's the it's, one I want. Yeah, he needs to be a, a Grand Slam champion. Hashtag justice for Luke. Yeah, like Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, so, exactly. um, <laughs> so, uh, so Seamus, so I could almost see them going down to a Seamus Jeff Hardy final. Yeah, that's not a bad shout because uh, Jeff, of course, is doing the redemption story. Yeah, that makes that would make sense. Um, that's actually that's not a bad final, or maybe like a semi final. I want to see Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan again, just because <laughs> and and have it go eighteen seconds, but Daniel Oof. Bryan taps his ass out. In yeah, <laughs> uh, but in terms of like creating someone new, Jackson Riker, mm. like from the uh, you know from the Forgotten Sons, so you can have. Blake and Cutler in that sort of tag division because that's the one thing I've always found weird about the Forgotten Sons is that they are a tag team that is made up of three people and this isn't like the New Day where they cycle in and out this isn't like Sanity where they change the lineup the tag team is Cutler and Blake and mm -hmm. Jackson Riker stands on the outside he is a Have manager you, slash wrestler you see NXT though right you know why that is hey he's a big dude yeah he is a big dude so is the great Carly. Shall we, shall we whack the Intercontinental title on him? Well, we put the world title on him, so like, <laughs> what harm's it going to do to put the IC title on Jackson Riker? Um, I mean, like, I would... Jackson Riker's not great. I would genuinely rather the Gronk took the title than oh, Jackson Riker. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on now. I would like them to put, slowly, one by one, put every single title on Rob Gronkowski <laughs> and then have him leave and then not know what to do, because all he of the becomes... belts are gone. He becomes an actual uh, Grand Slam champion before Dolph Ziggler does. He becomes like that picture of Triple H just carrying <laughs> all the belts. Uh, Cesaro versus Sheamus would be a really nice final, I think. That's fun, yeah. That's really um, good. They would club eight bells out of each other. Um, Cesaro, yes, like in terms of like wish fulfillment, Cesaro or Daniel Bryan for me just because please do something with either of those men. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah, absolutely. This should be the workhorse belt again. Like, I'd really like to see it return to that workhorse glory and yeah, be featured. And, you know, that's the one thing that SmackDown's been doing. Well, I do think SmackDown's quite a boring show at the moment. The one thing they have been doing really well is just putting the people out there who can have good matches. And that is usually Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura. It's like they've got this sort of, like, reliable group. So mm. another potential dream final I would like to see is Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Um, properly. And then maybe, because obviously like everyone's just expecting a turn in there somewhere. Maybe there's something to be said. Uh, I think that's and also that kind of just, if you're going to vacate the belt, no one likes a vacation, but you keeping it within the wheelhouse of the previous storyline, which is uh, Daniel Bryan versus the, 
the affable losers club of Zane, Laro, <laughs> yeah. and Nakamura. Oh my God! What? No, what, well, I know. What, what timeline do we live in? <laughs> where Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Drew Gulak, and Cesaro are just in this carousel of everyone's sort of losing to each other. No one's gaining any wrestling man oh, yeah oh i think boy. it says a lot when quizzlemania's artist collective is more over than the actual <laughs> artist collective <laughs> 24 on youtube baby <laughs> all right so before we get into the mailbag let's have a quick look at the dynamite and nxt ratings for this week both shows down um nxt drew 604,000 viewers down 8.9 percent from last week but i think the biggest uh loss here is Dynamite, which drew 654,000. So while it beat NXT, it was down like nearly 11% week on week. It was nearly 100,000 viewers less. And it's the lowest rating the show has done on on uh, TNT. Yeah, like people don't want to watch wrestling without fans, man. They just don't want to see it. And I, I get it. Like I'm not advocating that people tune out because I do think companies probably need your support n- now. Um, I don't necessarily think companies should be doing these shows anyway um just generally wrestling isn't that important and i think everyone could do with some time off and some rehab uh to their bodies but uh yeah like i get it i don't think i don't i think like like most of the i like most of the any of the wrestling stats in this time like there, there are no lessons really to be gained from it i don't think dynamite should be going into panic mode and like trying to do crazy stuff to try and win these viewers back i just don't think you're going to win viewers back when you're putting on no fan shows they're yeah. weird and they're weird and sterile and not what people want to see well, um, the, the speculation sorry the, the speculation from Elsa. actually no, I, I cut you off there you continue your point mate. oh i mean that's it just like <laughs> yeah that's right remember who the money is here um, <laughs> No, no, no. I, um, it, I, I had finished as well. That's the worst part. Is I was just doing my usual rambling thing of finishing every sentence with "yeah," but you know. I thought yeah. you had. I thought you I had, had, but then I, I was, had. I was like, oh no, it sounds like I interrupted again. People really get arsy with me when I, I, I cut people off, which I don't do on purpose. Um, but the speculation from Meltzer uh, in uh, when he was talking about this is that UFC had a show on Wednesday. And the UFC demo is also AEW's demo, that 18 to 49. So a lot of those might have just been watching the UFC uh, show, whereas NXT's median age is 56. And that median age is not watching UFC. So they were still just watching NXT. NXT's median age is 56? Yeah, in terms of its uh, its viewers, yeah. That surprises the hell out of me. Well, it's the, it's the Raw and SmackDown viewers just going over to watch those. Like, you know, those people that have been diehard WWE fans for, oh, 40, okay. for 40 years. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, let's dive into the Patreon mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do, whoopa, is become one of our pledge hammers on Patreon. Uh, this little link down here, it's in the uh, show description as well. And just leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose it. I'm very bad at my job. Our first one comes in from Aliata, uh, who says, um, so before they get into the question, I've just got to give a premise for it. Ever since WrestleMania 30, I've become a big fan of better wrestling matches and better workers than the larger-than-life characters. Maybe it's because I became a young adult. I do wonder, however, whether it could be because wrestling doesn't have that many great characters. What do you guys think? Is it because of me growing up, or is it because characters today aren't that great? I'd love to give you an example. I love The Fiend as a character, but I'm not invested in him because his matches aren't actual matches. I love Firefly Funhouse match, but apart from that, I'd prefer Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and other great workers over The Fiend any day, because at least I know there's going to be a great match to look forward to. Well, I think Daniel Bryan's a brilliant character. Like, he's... I, I, I don't think... I, I think the kind of the work rate era that we're in has kind of... I think it's confused some people that... I, I, I think it's true that there are less kind of crazy over the top. Like we haven't got another cane, although mm. we do have the fiend. So what do we even I know? But like we don't have the 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 occupation gimmicks. We don't have you know wrestling clowns, although we have the fiend. So what do we even I know? <laughs> uh, but we we do like yeah. There's a, like Seth Rollins is you know it's a it's a boring name, but he's still a big character like that uh, wwe i think still definitely has their priority on story versus moves yeah uh for for sure uh and i think wrestling in general hasn't really shifted i think maybe ring of honor is the only place where they really don't and 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 to nxt to a point but then nxt you've got amazing characters like velveteen dream carrying cross uh keith lee whose character is best man alive (laughs) you uh, like Daniel Bryan got popular because of the weak link storyline out of Team Hell No. So he went through anger management, um, 
huge amount of like he didn't wrestle for ages because he was just doing these amazing skits with Kane and Dr. Shelby mm -hmm. and then he did all of these huge character stuff you would do with the no and the yes and that's what took him to new heights yeah I mean galvanized by the fact that he uh his wrestling ability meant that he deserved a push more than he was necessarily getting but he's still a, a, a larger than life character mm. for sure Jonathan Hedman says, would you care to speculate? Now, this is a great question, by the way. Would you care to speculate on what the Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie would have looked like? Apart from the Adam and the Ant song, Ant um, no longer in the film, but still credited at the end. Where would you have put the song, by the way? I think the training montage. I envision it being much more like the movie we got with some tonal changes and some sweet Nat Pop in a decision, uh, like, uh, sorry, decision on the plan on breaking into either Pim's house or the building. Although I just found out the Michael Pena parts were not in the original script. Take care and enjoy the Fury Files on Disney+. Plus. Ah. Um... I, yeah, I don't. So I don't know too much behind the scenes of Ant-Man, but I, I do know that if Edgar Wright was directing, he would have a lot more zoom cuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's funny, the like the test footage that he released himself, um, which I was there for, I was at the Prince Charles Cinema when he showed that, um, isn't too dissimilar to the final product that we got. Uh, I don't think it would have been in that typical Edgar Wright fashion, like Scott Pilgrim or Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead or anything like that. I think it would have been if it had been made in 2005 when they were originally going to, when he, him and Joe Cornish were originally attached to the project, like in the early days, pre-MCU, I think it would have been. But in the post-MCU world, post-Iron Man, it would have had to have fallen in line and be stylistically kind of the same as everything else. So I don't think we would have seen massive, too much of a massively different movie than the one we eventually got, which I don't know if you want to hear a controversial opinion, Adam, I think Ant-Man is top 10 MCU. I like it. I like it. Come on, Luke. <laughs> I like it. Um, I mean, like, <laughs> no, it, it, it is, it's good. It's very charming. The sequel, though, is uh, bottom five MCU. Yeah I, I, yeah, I could go with that. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, James Dillon says, um, what if there was more than one hacker? Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze would be a great disruption duo, even if they aren't heels or uh, even if they are heels or a tag team, they could be great at progressing storylines while being highly entertaining. Just a thought. I think it's better odds than it being CM Punk. So oh, <laughs> I want to follow that up. Oh, go on. I love the idea of them hacking WWE with the Konami code. <laughs> It was there all mean. along. Um, and to follow on with that, Martin Ware says, um, when and how do you think WWE will bring back Lars Sullivan and Ember Moon? Uh, both have been out with injury and are recovering. And the only reason I bring that up is because on the SmackDown review last week, I gave the speculation that I think Ember Moon is the hacker. So apparently she's out like indefinitely, I think is the what she said in November last year or December last year. But I wonder if it's a work, 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 work. And uh, yeah, Ember Moon. I think it's all of these blokes have just been red herrings and it's actually going to be revealed to be a lady person. What's Ember's uh, injury? I'm not too up on Achilles, that. Achilles, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's not that, that's not like a career injury. Right? That's not like a, one of the, the neck injuries or so. concussion syndrome. I don't um, think so. hope, hope not. Um, I think that's a, re that's a really smart play. Um, Ember, obviously, like, is, she's been... <laughs> doing a lot of twitch streaming um and so like sort of been sort of keeping that part of the brand active so that kind of it would all kind of dovetail into itself you know someone who's very um very computer literate uh, i i think that would be great i think everyone is, is assuming uh male for 
for various reasons. But I think uh, that would be a really that would be a, a, a kind of thing that we've never seen um, mm. coming from a from a from a woman uh, in in WWE. That kind of um, that kind of yeah disruptive um, anti authoritarian kind of like almost meta uh, gimmick. Uh, they always kind of yeah tend to give those to to the guys. Um, so I, I just I, I I don't know why I'm, I'm just picturing kind of <laughs> like Ember Moon, but with Solomon Crow's hair, <laughs> the the troll hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a bad gimmick. Bad time yeah. for Sammy. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, if it's Xavier Woods, I'm I'm not going to want to see him do storylines. I'm just going to want to see him play Uno with Grand Pooh Bear. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the hacking is? You just gonna yeah. take control of the stream and <laughs> upload the latest episode of Up Up Down Down. Um Martin Martin West says, um, when and how do you oh no, that's what we just did with Lars Sullivan. Uh I don't know about Lars though. Um he'll just come back. Maybe he'll be the IC champion. Um Lorenzo Haynes says, after watching Quizzlemania, thanks to Steve, I had to look up Heidenreich's sex and OMG, it was extremely uncomfortable to watch, and I don't say that about a lot of stuff in WWE. Was that actually a sexual assault storyline, or was he just punching Cole or something and it looked weird? What were your thoughts during watching that and on the Heidenreich character? So, uh, as as everyone knows, um, the maddest thing about that angle is that it came to Vince in a dream. Um, so to answer your question, almost definitely, yes, it was it was a sexual assault scene. Uh, and if you're asking why, Vince McMahon is the only answer we've really got for you. Uh, he had a dream where Heidenreich sexually assaulted Michael Cole. He thought that was funny. So he put it so he put it on telly. That's that's the man we're dealing with that's vince um yeah i don't i can't even remember if i was like watching a lot at that point because that what year was that 2005 2004 or 5 that was when heidenreich was around yeah okay so yeah so i was kind of so i dropped out of wrestling in 2002 and didn't get back into it until 2005 like uh, new year's revolution 2005 was like my first show back mm. i think it was that one yeah that was yeah I don't know was that one. That's the one with Batista in the chamber, right? That's a good show, yeah. Great match. Yeah, Batista in the chamber and then Batista wins the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, so yeah, 2005. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's kind of like, so I kind of missed a lot of the Heidenreich stuff and the poetry and all that nonsense. So um, yeah, I was out, unfortunately. I missed all of JBL's title run. Oh. Um, <laughs> Michael Plowman says, has Andy learned yet that hair doesn't grow back fast if you shave your head? Um, what he thought would be two weeks will actually be two months. I know this from experience. I will say, Randy's not very well today, so he wasn't on our morning call. I think he looks great. I think he looks absolutely fine. RLT Sandwich. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot this week about how and why people become fans of certain wrestlers. For me, I tend to lean more towards their heels. Adam Cole, Sasha Banks, CM Punk, Seth Rollins, to name just a few. However, I realize that there usually is a moment where I know I've become a fan, and that's when they lose a great match. Two, busy, two biggest examples are Sasha versus Becky at TakeOver Brooklyn and Cole versus Ricochet at TakeOver Brooklyn 4. My question is, is there a pattern to the performers you like? Story for the long post, stay safe. I find myself normally uh, drawn to heels as well. Uh, I think that that's because uh, it's something I was talking with uh, Tom, our uh, No Rolls Bard um, 
a wonderful DM. And he uh, he said something which I think he was um, taken from somewhere else, maybe, or maybe he just came out of his wonderful brain. But he says, uh, faces believe in stuff and heels want stuff. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, that, especially in WWE, um, that can lead most baby faces to feeling uh, quite inactive or inert. Uh, whereas it always makes heels proactive. Pro, uh, heels make a lot of choices because they want a thing and they go and they have a plan in order to get that thing. And that is a lot more compelling generally uh, in terms of a story. So I think that's why people really like heels. Also, you know, dastardly is is more cool than yeah. just happy to be here. Um, I, I think generally like, yeah, a really a really good loss can really make someone almost more than a really good win. It is, yeah. it is it is weird the way that works. Um, like, you know, Orange Cassidy, for example. Uh, wonderful match versus Pack, Got so much more out of a loss than he actually would have out of an unconvincing victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, completely. I think that would have that would have been almost jumping the shark with his character if he'd actually pinned Pack because people don't <laughs> don't people don't really want to see that. Uh, but yeah, I I, I think um I mean, like it's it's a culmination of things, right? It's it's the it, it can be a culmination of context. Becky Lynch got so over not because of one heel turn at that one time, but because it was the culmination of years of people feeling like she, you know, put up with um, the rest of the horsewomen treating her like a lesser than uh, WWE management treating her like a lesser than, and never getting the the break that she'd always wanted and that and then suddenly this explosion this kind of uh big character choice becoming a heel um suddenly everyone was just like oh they're doing something with becky let's get on board let's make sure this doesn't stop yeah uh, becky's, becky's had this coming for years let's do this tom dell says hey lance i guess this isn't so much of a question but more of a thought i had kind of like the vince mcmahon dream um the revolt dax and cash and ec3 Join AEW to team with a heel turning Cody to form a perfect four horsemen homage group, in my opinion. Dax and Cash can do the tag stuff. Cody can act like the greatest thing ever. Um, and EC3 can, EC3 can do whatever he damn well pleases. He's effing huge. Um, I think that if you're going to have a four horsemen group in AEW, though, Cody will want to be going against them. Cody will want to play the dusty role. Yeah, I mean, that is, yeah that's it's a that's a perfect layup um i do think cody's secretly bad like i think uh, oh like, you hush your dirty mouth <laughs> no i no. like I, I think he's 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 been a great kind of um dusty road style baby face uh i think when you know when when aw first started of course he was a heel um and i could sort of see that uh entitlement coming to the fore i i i think it's really really good if he is the sort of anti-dusty because i i think like him him emulating his father i think is it's certainly fertile stuff when while the promotion's up and coming because he's just sort of you know he is the spokesperson for this new company and you know there is a lot of love in the road's name i just think when when the time comes, him sort of turning back on everything his father held dear and and becoming the Ric Flair, I think that's wonderful booking. I actually, yeah, I'm I'm completely all in on this. I was um, gonna say, like, so my my fantasy booking for a Cody heel turn is that for whatever reason, the AEW championship gets vacated and the decision is made to give it to Cody. 
because Cody can't challenge for the title anymore. Uh-huh. But things like the Omega and the Young Bucks and the Elite think that, well, no, because you should be the champion of this company. So they, they give him the title and it means the world to him. But it means too much to him over time. And that's what turns him heel is that he will do anything he can to not lose it ever again. Mm-hmm. And that's what turns him heel. That's nice. Oh, that's really good. Thanks, oh, mate. Oh, AEW, aren't you nice? <laughs> um, Iraqli, uh, this is probably more of a question for you. How would you handle uh, Roman's return? Um, I don't, don't overthink it. Don't overthink real life storylines. Have him come back and uh, have him come back when they're at, when it's safe to come back. So look, we're not going to see him in no fans wrestling at mm. all, ever, nor should we. Um, he, I, I, I think... I mean, I, I, I would say Royal Rumble, but then he's going to have to win the Royal Rumble. And I've got a feeling that even when Roman comes back, fans aren't It's the one match he can't win ever again. Yeah. Like, no matter how much, <laughs> like, if, if Rome, even if Roman got legitimately earnest, no irony, full over, people still wouldn't want him to see him win a Royal Rumble. Um, I, I think, like, maybe next WrestleMania would be a good time to, to bring him back. Yeah. Uh, and then just start a storyline from. Uh, the roar after uh dylan says what's the crack lads on the 18th of next month it'll have been 15 years since i went to my first ever live wrestling event a smackdown show at the rds arena in dublin the opening match was a fun encounter between paul london and billy kidman for the cruiserweight title and the main event was a triple threat between john cena kurt angle and jbl with steve austin as the special enforcer had the fantastic match between Rey mysterio and eddie guerrero just four months before eddie tragically passed I've been to at least one wrestling show every year since. It got me thinking, what was your first wrestling show you guys attended and what are some of your memories you have from it? God damn, that card's it's a, stacked. It's a great show, right? Oh my goodness. Uh, for me, I because I grew up in Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really get wrestling shows there. Uh, so my my first um, live, w, live wrestling show was a WWE live show. Uh, it was in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was while uh, me and my friend Mike were driving across America. So we took like, um, we basically did it like in a month and a half. We uh, drove from New York to LA and just sort of like, to, like had an adventure across America. It was, a lot, of, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and we were in Dallas, um, home of the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 32. And we saw <laughs> at, the, at the arena where they did the... Um, takeover we saw um we saw a live show it was main evented by daniel bryan versus randy orton because it was yeah in late 2013 when they were doing their whole battleground night of champions that kind of feud after SummerSlam, and it also had uh cm punk wrestling um it was the team of curtis axel and paul Heyman, so they were sort of running that circuit as well so it was around yeah night of champions sort of thing yeah um and yeah it was it was it was great they they had i i believe they had like a dance competition between uh like it was like natalia and brie bella at some, <laughs> doing something like it wasn't yeah it's not as stacked as the 2005 card but uh it was my i i, I the first show i got to see i got to see cm punk and daniel bryan both wrestle so, and that was nice 
so I think my first wrestling event I went to was one of those um it was like in the late like 90s 2000s where they were doing knockoff wwf events do you remember those like in the uk when you would just get like local indie wrestlers to play stone cold steve austin and uh-huh. the rock and mankind and stuff and it'd be like american wrestling federation or something and they would come and like they would do a show at the reading hexagon or whatever i don't really remember much about that um but I think the one that I can like the first WWE show I went to was in 2005 is when I just got back into wrestling and it was after Batista had won the title. So it was when they did the European tour after, um, yeah, after WrestleMania. So Batista was champion, but honestly, I don't really remember much of it other than Batista was champion. I can't remember a single thing else about the show. Oh no, that's a shame. I know. <laughs> uh, Cause yeah, we kept a, we actually kept a, diary of our of our trip across the states um and I, I the diary is around somewhere i have it in this flat i don't know where it is and basically what i did was i actually kept a full uh i actually wrote down the entire show because i was like this oh, is my wow. first ever ww live show so i wrote down every show match by match would you would you mind if i quickly went to look for it no you go you absolutely all right go. all right yeah. i'll be right back and see if i can find this thing that's so weird It. I found hey, it. he's found, found it. it. It was the first place I thought it would be. Excellent. Oh, this is. Oh, I haven't. I actually haven't properly opened this up in so long. I've oh, just got. Yeah. Here. Oh, here we are. So these are uh, two tickets mm-hmm. to see. Uh, yeah, WW Live uh, in Dallas at the American Airlines Center. Um, and uh, yeah, so I wrote down my version of the events. Uh, so first match was Fandango versus Santino Morella. Mm-hmm. Um, second match was Natalia versus Brie Bella. The audience were given the option to vote for what the two divas should do, either have a match or a dance-off. Uh, <laughs> unlike most of the... I, I was yeah, I was hoping for a match, but uh, a dance-off was what I got. Brie, the evil woman in the matchup, protested and did her dance moves anyway, unpolished, four out of ten. Uh, she invited <laughs> Natalia to do hers, then attacked her from behind the skullduggery of it. Uh, match three was a United States Championship match, Zack Ryder versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, then match the fourth was uh, the big show versus Antonio Cesaro. Wow, so, first so- name. That's a fun match. Uh, match five was the big show versus Jack Swagger. So he just went through both of the real Americans, evidently. Oh, um, six match, WWE Tag Team Championship match, The Shield versus Tons of Funk versus The Miz and Kofi Kingston. Who the hell were Tons of Funk? Was tons that of Funk were Albert ten- and... Yeah, it's Tenzai oh. and um, the Funkasaurus. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, match seven, CM Punk versus Curtis Axel and Paul Heyman. Uh, and match number eight, the main event, Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan. Well, yeah, fun show, mate. Yeah, I, I, should have, I should have really looked up that because it was a I'm pretty sure it was a live raw taping. Pretty sure it was. But I can't remember. I, I just remember. And I was actually I was nearly front row. Um, not on hard cam side, but uh, and not on the side with the hard cam, but like in the, the sort of opposite the stage. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just cannot remember for the life of me what the actual show had on it. Um, I also went to a, I remember the TNA show I went to much more vividly, um, which had Ken Angle and Jeff Jarrett as the main event. And I, and I met Dixie Carter 
and had, oh. my, had my photo taken with her while holding the tag team championships. <laughs> how how little of Luke are we talking? Like oh well, I mean this, this was like two thousand seven. I would have thought so. I would have been twenty. Crikey, 2007, 22, 21, 22. I was out of university. I can say that much. Oh, little Luke. Yeah. Um, anyway, Mr. Mini Donuts said, Good day, Russell Talk. You guys have pulled me through a rough few weeks. My girlfriend broke up with me, and one of my friends passed away due to Steve Carino. Uh, oh. Thank you for everything you do. Really sorry to hear that. It's awful news. Um, right. Well, um, I've got a few scenarios for you guys to choose. Um, one thing from this list gets completely erased from history. The Wyatt Family Shield, New Day, Vince Stephanie Shane, Rock Foley Austin, NXT AEW WCW, Triple H's Reign of Terror, John Cena buries everyone, Roman Reigns wins, LOL. You're going to have to go through that one more time. That was a lot of words. Okay. So, th so these are sort of grouped in threes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of these has got to be erased completely. The last one is a joke answer. Obviously. So from each, so one of the one of the trilogies has to be removed completely, or one from each. Ah, trilogy yes, there's so one thing from each of these lists. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, gotcha. I'm more. I'm even now. I'm more with it. I'm glad you clarified that. So, firstly, Wyatt Family Shield New Day. Uh, I'm going Wyatt because I love the Shield and I love New Day. that's <laughs> really tough oh, i love the Wyatt so much and also the wyatts gave us the bray and the fiend and i think he's, he's the best thing going the shield gave us everything else <laughs> um i don't want to get rid of their new day though they're great new hey, day hey, hey, new day i guess if i had to uh vince stephanie shane Shane. That's because I think feel like Shane's the most expendable one there. Yeah. Uh Rock Foley Austin. That's a tough one. That's almost impossible to answer. Um oh. that's no, that's almost that, that's you can't lose any of them. I, well, you have to, Luke. That's the oh, point. No, that's the game. You rock for me i gotta keep foley yeah. i gotta keep foley and gotta keep steve austin it's funny as well because like i was thinking there was like we well, can't get rid of foley otherwise you don't have that january 4th uh title win but who but did he win was, it off that was with the rock <laughs> because of steve austin yeah. <laughs> and shane was there oh. um, <laughs> yeah that's tough I think I'd probably, I think Rock would still end up being in Hollywood. So I guess we'd still have The Rock. Um, or would you? I don't know. No, you wouldn't. No, because it's been erased from history. Hollywood, yeah. yeah, and it's been erased from history. And you know what? I'm not losing Broken Skull Challenge. So um, I guess it's The Rock. Um, right. Uh, being erased from history, NXT, AEW, WCW. NXT, AEW, AEW or WCW. I'm going with AEW on this one because it's got the shortest tenure. Like you're not losing as much. Yeah, but it's just such a wonderful step forward. And like, That's it's so nice. Uh, like removing WWE's competition. Are you a secret mole or something? No, I'm just paid by AEW apparently. Mm -hmm. So you want to erase them from history. Yeah, that bias. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
Uh, can I get rid of WWE instead? Uh, I, I'm going to say WCW just because like there's so much wonderful history, but in terms of company running itself terribly, like it's or at some point you almost deserve, you know, like I've, I've been reading the death of WCW and it's just Oof, like, oh my, oh my God. Such That's, a good book. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, check it out uh, yeah but... in fact do you know what i'm also going to go with wcw on that one um because that way we don't get eric bischoff's podcast there you go yes. oh my dad my dad <laughs> <laughs> and lastly triple h's reign of terror john cena buries everyone roman reigns wins lol reign of terror yeah triple h for sure like yeah. that was a that was a real bad time because like the reign of terror doesn't go back as far as the attitude here this is just ruthless aggression we're talking yeah i could yeah i could, st I could stand not having triple h be ruthless <laughs> aggression world champion that's fine <laughs> uh right callum says here's my question um what's your dream match for edge in wwe for me it's seth versus edge they can play on the history where seth tried to paralyze him in 2014 um and who's your dream person to be on quizzlemania oh um edge for me i think it's probably cena I think uh, seen as his seen as Edge's greatest rival, I think uh, I would like to see Edge and Christian have a match, but not. I don't want to see either of them turn heel for it. So like, no, I'd, I'd a tag run. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, Edge and Christian back again. Do you know we nearly got that? So um, uh, I um, yeah. So we I spoke to Christian. I interviewed him a couple of years ago, last year, in fact. Um, and he told me then that before Edge retired, the plan was they were going to do an Edge and Christian reunion tour and they were going to have a, a run with the tag belts. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd be up for that. I, yeah. I think like Edge and Christian, yeah, you could you could genuinely like sort of rebuild a tag division around them. Just give them the belts for like eight months, just build up a whole bunch of challenges and then take it off them. I think totally. that'd be really fun. Uh, in terms of ideal Quizlemania guest, oh, there's so many. Xavier uh, Woods, man. Yeah, is it, you've, you said Xavier. I mean, uh, Vince. No, not Vince. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mostly him trying to work out how a streamyard works. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I I mean, I, I think it probably would be a wrestler for sure. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Meltzer would probably be fun. Uh, but I, I think in, in terms of like dream, dream guest, like someone who like is, I mean, why not if we, if, if, if we are, if we're going completely out there, John Cena, why not? He'd Make be it so much fun. Yeah, we'd probably top 100,000 subscribers then. <laughs> uh, go over to Parts Fun Known and subscribe. Uh, Alex Kerrickman says, is it just me or was the Money in the Bank ladder match as good as everyone thinks it is? I liked Otis winning and I liked some parts of it, the mirror breaking, the gym stuff, Vince's office, but it made Dana Brooke look stupid. They should have had more cameos. It could have been longer. I hated AJ getting stuck in the room. Uh, and don't get me started on the food fight. The most opportunistic prizes up for grabs. But hey, let's throw some food at each other instead. I was utterly disappointed as I think they massively dropped the ball on what could have been potentially one of the best matches of the year. I agree in in us in like to some degree I, I i don't think it was a bad match i had fun watching it uh unlike the boneyard and the firefly funhouse match i don't want to watch it again mm -hmm. uh so i think that does say something uh, i think uh, a lot of people are kind of like 
very very positive about it because again it's wwe putting on something entertaining in a really difficult time so i think that that engenders a lot more kind of positive reaction and i think there was a lot of really fun stuff in there <laughs> yeah i i love the idea that all these old legends live in in <laughs> wwe hq yeah uh, that even that gone... even that doink yeah <laughs> Yeah, that Dollar Tree doink. There are two things I wouldn't have done. It was the doink cameo and the Stephanie McMahon cameo. I uh, I listened to Gorilla Position's review. Fantastic podcast. I recommend anyone going to listen to Gorilla Position. And I love Skillet. But Skillet thinks that it was supposed to look like it was recorded on a mobile phone from her home on purpose. You're not, as a viewer, you weren't meant to think she was actually there in the building. Uh Uh-huh which I don't think is the case. I think they wanted you to think she was there in the building and talking to Dana Brooke. Mm, I, yeah, I know that I don't, I don't, I don't get that feeling from it. I, I don't mind food fight. I'm a little annoyed that Alistair Black took part in the food fight because like, I get it. It's like, it, it's a very silly match, but you know, there are still characters. Uh, for, for me, the only really disappointing thing about the match, and it was genuinely disappointing, was the stuff on the roof. Yeah, built, built up to the whole idea of it being on the roof, um, and then the actual stuff that was on the roof was less than ten minutes. Yeah, um, like the actual ladder stuff was. There were barely any ladder spots, and I understand why. But yeah, like the actual like they built up the hype, the danger. Uh, instead, it was more like yeah, like a supermarket sweep sort of thing through uh, an office, rather than actually get, getting up there and doing some like dangerous stuff, like people hanging off of rooftops. Like, dude, that's the cinematic stuff people really wanted is up there. Yeah, and I and I really feel like they dropped the ball on that. Like Baron Corbin just hoying two guys off the side of the building, and not having commentary on it to kind of talk about it. Like, uh, yeah, like I, I, it's it, by far the least good of this of the cinematic trio yeah that they've done yeah i I think i would agree on that one it was funny because when me and laurie were reviewing it he made the really excellent point was that they filmed everything in that cinematic style until they got to the roof where they just filmed it like a regular match Mm. and that really wasn't what it needed it needed to continue on with that cinematic style because like the the throwing off the roof stuff was so pants it was so rubbish uh, and I was, I've said before, like I was in the, the chat for, because I was off on Tuesday to, for the Raw review, but I was in the chat. And I sort of made the point then, it was like, if you can't throw someone off the roof because they would plummet to their death, then don't do it. Mm. And if you are going to just make the excuse, there's a smaller roof underneath it, then at least film them landing on that smaller roof and showing what damage that has done, as opposed to just throwing them off the roof not really mentioning it, and then on the next show being like, ah, but actually there was a smaller roof underneath. Like, they just, at, at every possible opportunity, they, they made the wrong choice with that. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, it was, it felt it felt quite rushed. Um, the decision to have the commentary come back just at the end to say, there's Otis, he won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, uh, there's Otis, uh, he, I guess he won, but uh, obviously the big story is that Baron Corbin is has murdered two of uh, his two of WWE personnel. <laughs> uh, but Otis winning is the best thing ever. Liana Perry says, "Hi lads, I've been to ask this for a while now. It seems like the perfect time with the fantastic news of Becky and Seth having a baby. Who out of the Wrestle Talk boys do you think will be the first to be a dad? And what ages do you want to have kids?" Love, Liana. Yes, Luke, you did say my name right in my last post. 
Um, <laughs> this is really personal. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like. Um, I th- well, we get, we kind of talked about this on a Russell Talk after dark once, which I think mm. you were there for. And I think oh, the base. I think basically the conclusion we came to is that I'm the oldest, so it's probably me. <laughs> that's true <laughs> and i'm the oldest by a couple of years so it's probably me yeah i mean like i'm i'm in no rush to have kids i don't know if i even want children mm. um but I, I i don't know who knows how people change over time uh i mean like pete and michelle have or have just had a young baby boy <laughs> yeah. a young hairless sprog smooth smooth feet smooth feet <laughs> Smooth Pete equals ratings. Um, right, Flaming Live. Ask us when it all. NXT, Women's, Raw, Women's, SmackDown, Women's Tag, uh, Women's Tag, Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank. Is there anything else she needs to accomplish in WWE unless she goes after the men's titles? It got me thinking. Is there a main male star who has won it all? Taking NXT out of the equation for now, since the North American Championship is still too new, and the tag titles went around when Seth went to the main roster. Has there been a male to win everything? Universal, WWE, and NXT, Raw and SmackDown, Intercontinental, United States, Money in the Bank, and Royal Rumble. Seth, Seth is, yeah, Seth is the closest, but he's not won the SmackDown tag titles. Has he not? I don't think so. When they gen, when they generic brand tag titles, when the Shield when the Shield won them, yeah, I think that was just that was, that was when they were the like the the, the, the copper penny coins as mm. opposed to the red and blue brand ones. Oh, okay. So no, he hasn't won those. Um, I don't recall him winning it anyway. Has Dolph Ziggler won them? <laughs> I don't trust my Ziggler knowledge anymore. <laughs> well, he's never won a Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. I think like Austin's won a lot of the titles. If you can, if you count WCW lineage in there as well. Although yeah. he, didn't win, he didn't win Money in the Bank, but he did win the Royal Rumble World Title IC. Did he win US. European? I don't know if he did. Oh, no, yeah, he didn't win European, did he? Come yeah. back to this Grand Slam nonsense again. Let's move on. Um, Marcus Campbell, um, what do you think of Impact um, and their world title situation with Tessa being stuck in Mexico because of Steve Carino, Moose bringing back and claiming to be the TNA heavyweight champion? Now there's a number one contenders tournament uh, for Tessa's world title. Will there be a unification match or will they go in another direction? Uh, I assume they're going to go in a title unification match between Moose and Tessa to find out who the real champion is. God, that's a hell of a match. Jeez. Tessa Blanchard versus Moose. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, like, I, I I, I don't really, I haven't, like, that is the huge, I, there has to be one thing I don't watch. I can't watch it all. Um, and TNA is the thing I do not watch, so I don't know anything about TNA right now. Impact Wrestling, Adam. Come on, mate. Um, I, I, will, I will say, I thought the video that Moose posted up on social media was very good about him being the the real world champion. They brought back the old TNA voiceover guy. Um, he cut up a load of clips from old TNA interviews with like Bully Ray and Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles and Bobby Roode talking about how he is the greatest world champion. Um, it was quite funny, really. Um, Abnahab, um, suppose we have to go on a long trip after this pandemic. Um, say you have to go on a long trip after this pandemic with one of the WrestleTalk boys. Who will you choose and why will it be Ollie? Also, if you had to not choose, why would it be Andy? Um, I mean, based on your diary, mate, I'm picking you now. It sounds like a lovely little road trip. Wasn't it a lovely little time? I guess I'll pick you as well, Luke. Oh, that would make mate. the rest of this difficult, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking when I read that question, I was like, well, I mean, Ollie's one of my best friends, so I guess I would pick him, but I am doing the show with Adam, so uh, 
Um, I mean, I'll use it as a, as a way to get to know you. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's nothing that's yeah, that's the the best and safest and least awkward way to make a friend is by locking <laughs> yourself on a one month trip with them. <laughs> Uh, Manraj says, I was looking at the PWI 500 and John Cena has topped it three times, more than anyone else. Does that mean that Super Cena is the greatest wrestler of all time? Well, in that kayfabe list, yes. Yeah, it depends how you define a wrestler. Um, is it? I mean, I think gen genuinely, I think a lot of wrestlers, even though they are in it for the craft, I think a lot of wrestlers do define it by who draws the most money. In which Kevin case, Nash does. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, <laughs> running on diesel power. <laughs> Uh, so in that case, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest wrestler of all time. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of work rate, then no, John Cena is not. But he's not too far off. Yeah. Like, uh, in, But in terms of combining drawing power and wrestling and longevity, I think you could make a serious case for John Cena being the greatest of all time. Uh, people probably wouldn't like that. But who stuck around and been the brand, drawn probably, uh, you know, cumulatively, you know, been the face of the company as reliably and also put on some bloody great matches uh like because in the last five years pretty much everything seen has done has been good like i don't mm -hmm. think he's done a bad bad match in the last yeah since 2015 really uh, drew porter says um question what fuse do you think wwe should or could be doing during this terrible time other than baron corbin versus drew mcintyre what sorry what was the question sorry it was what terrible feud uh what feuds do you think the wwe could and should be doing in this terrible time other than baron corbin versus drew mcintyre i mean i'd really like to see a proper smart i mean that's why i wanted uh aj styles to win money in the bank because i think aj versus drew is yeah great like i really i really like the sound of that um now that you've got um uh i i, I am actually into Braun versus Bray. I, I thought the match was really smartly booked. Uh, Money in the Bank. They're going story over over kind of moves with it, and I think Bray's genuinely got the the chops to pull that off, and surprisingly so does Braun. It seems. Yeah, I was really disappointed. Meltzer gave that a dud rating in the Observer. Really? Uh, well, yeah, because like he always judges things on work rates. Like he never really looks at the story within the match, and like the work rate in the match wasn't really there because it wasn't designed to be a work rate match. Oh, I um, like I like that match. That that's a, that's yeah, a I do terrible too. take. I, I thought it was a really bad take from Meltzer. Um, Tattoo Cooperman, my screw Steve Carino T-shirt arrived. Thank you very much. Uh, it actually Steve Carino cost myself and a couple of my mates a trip to the US earlier this year, a WrestleMania kind of trip. My buddy John too, uh, who just celebrated his 40th birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, bud! Um, and now it's cost us our biggest indie show of the year, MCW's Ballroom Brawl, which was scheduled for mid June. Not sure what easing restrictions will look like around the world, but in Australia, our stage three will include holding events with up to 100 people. Do you think it will be viable for top indie shows to resume with that limited number of crowds? Oh, man. Like, so my personal feelings, no. Uh, I don't think we should be holding uh, stadium shows until we have either a really effective treatment or a vaccine, and that's mm -hmm. years off. Uh, that's my personal feeling. I'm not going to tell you uh, how to how to live your life, but I I I, I would not be attending. I, I personally won't be attending a, sh a show of that size until there's either effective treatment or a vaccine. Uh, Austin Tussie says, uh, if WWE decides to do more remote matches at random locations, what are some of the matches in certain locations you'd like to see? One I thought of would be the Royal Rumble on a boat, and you have to throw your opponents overboard to eliminate them and have referees on lifeboats. 
there is no better answer than what often have proposed. <laughs> that that's amazing. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh my god. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, Iceberg Goldberg. Uh, there's, <laughs> it, it's booking itself, right? Right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, WWE didn't think of doing, you know, doing the Jericho cruise thing, doing everything in uncharted waters. What was it they called it? The Wrestle Vessel. That was their. <laughs> yeah. Their. I think they've got a because they did. They they had there was two. They WWE I believe had the Wrestle Vessel and WCW had the Bruise Cruise. Uh, basically, yeah, just a bunch of wrestlers on a boat. Uh, just like yeah, just a cruise, but with some big some big boys. Yeah. Uh, around occasionally doing a match, but mostly helping themselves to the buffet. <laughs> There was um. So I'm, I've got to try and wrap this show up a little bit. We've got a few more questions to get to, but we had a a, a Rusev hey from a, a, someone who was on the last Jericho cruise, and he told a fabulous story. He actually had several fabulous drunk stories, and he wanted to preface every one of them was like, "Don't judge me too harshly." I was very drunk when this sort of thing happened. Gotcha. But one of them was he got into an elevator uh, with a wrestler, and they were going to a certain floor. He was going to a certain floor, and. The doors opened on the floor that our guy was supposed to be getting out of. Instead, the wrestler got out on that floor. And so the other guy was like, I want to see where he was going. So he stayed in the elevator and it went up to Jericho's private suite. And Jericho was having this big party with all the wrestlers and all the boys. And so he just tried to hang around in the party for as long as possible. (laughs) Before Jericho caught him and told him to get out. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, uh, Jumbo JJ, I've been on a nostalgic TNA run. So my question is, what are some of your favorite TNA memories? Have a good day. Samoa, uh, Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle's first showdown on Impact where Kurt Angle headbutts him and he just like gets completely busted open. And that's that shot where he just sort of rises up like Godzilla out the sea behind him uh, to lock in the clutch. That, I mean, aside from Angle winning, that was almost a perfect debut for, for Kurt Angle. Uh, uh, don't know. Uh, TNA is, my, no, is not my thing. Uh, I have, I've, I've seen some of it. I have seen that triple threat because mm-hmm. you have to see that triple threat. Yeah, the AJ Styles, Daniels, and um, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, yeah. Uh, so I've seen that. That's really, really good. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed their most recent sort of... Um, nostalgia like nwa style show did you see that mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was really really fun I, and i like i like that seeing that kind of stuff i've seen a, f- a few rockstar spud things but like yeah tna is stuff that i was re- i researched specifically in order to do the list and not something that i i can ever really thread together like a proper narrative oh i could throw out some things masturbating midgets in trash cans i'm sorry no this is from the pay-per-view day so i did see yeah. a couple of those because we watched those in what culture for what culture extra so <laughs> i remember like this yeah like i i do remember like what's that what's the name lolly Lo- goldilocks goldilocks yeah. and uh jeff jarrett and the truth coming in and smoking and then they having a nascar champion on and having yeah. him wrestle our tri- and the harris brothers oh yeah the oh the good old days of tna <laughs> yeah sorry i remember <laughs> Um, of course, Raven winning the NWA World Championship um, is one of the greatest moments of all time. Um, yeah, man, like I was a diehard TNA kid. So when I got back into wrestling in that 2005 period, a friend of mine, my university housemate my first year, uh, had some had some TNA stuff. And he was like, oh, you should watch this guy. Watch this AJ Styles guy. 
and it was like the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. It was an ultimate X match. It was on their first on the Victory Road pay per view, I think, in two thousand four. And I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." So I just got massively hooked on TNA after that, and I, I watched every single show. And uh, yeah, so I was like, up until about twenty ten, I was diehard TNA. I basically just lost it in the actually no, even after twenty ten, I kind of started to lose it when Russo took over because Russo was just trying to drive it into the ground with his terrible booking, and then Bischoff and Hogan came in and just made it all worse um and that was that was kind of what ruined it for me a little bit and i sort of never really recovered so literally tna died when it became immortal yeah that's right you hear so many people say it i've been looking into that angle jesus christ nwo but faster there is nothing that sums up tna in that era more than bound for glory 2010 10 10 10 i remember the day that it aired and the the debut of immortal uh when jeff hardy turned heel and Jeff Jarrett pulls a sign out from a crowd that says, they're here, but it's the wrong spelling of there. It's T-H-E-R-E, they're here. And someone someone on a wrestling forum just put der her instead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that sums up TNA in that period for me. Uh, <laughs> Happy Friday, lads. A couple of quick ones for you. What video conferencing software do you use for Quizlemania? Inspired by the above, I've been running a Nintendo quiz for some mate entitled The Mushroom Quizdom. And uh, the ability to post text on the screen plus remove uh, video feeds for dramatic effect would be super cool. Is there a particular app or software that you use? We're using what we're recording on right now, which is StreamYard. Yes, streamyard.com uh, you you could the, you could there's some stuff you could do with a free account but we use a pro account because that way we get to obviously remove logos and do mm-hmm. other stuff but yeah I, i'm not fully aware of the difference between free and pro luke is that something you know about yeah so i think with free it has uh this on the up in the corner powered by Streamyard. Um, but with the so it's just up by your head but with the pro account you can remove that and you can add in like your own brands and things like that i don't think you can do that on the free accounts because i think it just comes with this instead i uh, see yeah let's put up what we want instead pledgehammers um uh, on a podcast last week luke you mentioned that you'd found a way to play one night ultimate werewolf and resistance online how did it go would you mind sharing the links if they're available they went great actually um what werewolf in particular is brilliant it was just this online version of it i found and you just all do it through your own individual phones. Yeah, so... So I have a similar one. Um, my one of my favorite games. It's it's, it's werewolf. It's it's social deduction. One of my favorite games is Spyfall. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, and that is like one of you, like a werewolf. One of you is a spy, uh, and everyone else knows the location that they're in. So you're all in the beach, or you're all in a hotel. The only person who doesn't know which one location everyone else is in is the spy. And everyone just goes around and asks each other questions like, are you happy to be here? Uh, what are you wearing? Uh, how long do you think you're going to be here? Uh, you know, what's the best aspect of this place? And everyone is sort of like giving answers without making it clear. So the spy can guess where they are, but mm-hmm. specific enough so everyone knows, oh, OK, they're not the spy. And you can do that through your phone. Hmm, uh, and it's, uh, there's a couple of really good uh, sites you just have to Google for. And it's uh, really, really good. 
Awesome. I might look at that. I'm doing a uh, games night tonight, so I might look into that. Uh, thanks, Adam. Chris says, a couple of last questions here. Uh, Hi, guys. Hope you're both doing well. My question is, um, should WWE lean into soap opera wacky storylines more? While it was terrible, the Lana Rusev Lashley storyline did manage to get over, and now arguably the best storyline on the main roster is Otis, Mandy, Sonya, and Ziggler. Look forward to seeing what you both, both think. Thanks, guys. Did Lana Rusev and... Bobby Lashley it, get over? It, it got over. Uh, do you know what? We always said this on the Raw reviews. While I didn't think it was a great story, and I thought that they were doing, it almost felt like they were actively trying to make it bad. It was always over in front of the live crowds. And I it was think, always drawing TV ratings as well. I don't know if wacky is 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 it? Just have storylines that run for a while and that have re and that have genuine like progressive escalation. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, the one thing that yeah, like you say with Mandy and with um with the uh, the rusev triangle uh which would be a great uh name for a stable in AEW, <laughs> by the way would, <laughs> is it like because it was so interpersonal and high stakes you just couldn't drop it you had to keep it going and the longer you keep a storyline going the more people are going to buy into it as long as it has stuff that happens every single week so i, I, I just genuinely don't see it that much wwe just tends to have a revolving system of Oh, well, you got a pay-per-view, so build up to that. Have them beat the current champion to earn a shot. Then uh, have them do a couple of tag matches with each other. And then uh, pay-per-view, oh, didn't win. All right, who's next? Yeah. It's just not, you know, like, it, you don't have to be wacky. I don't think you have to do soap opera. You just have to stick to something. Uh, for me, that's why I like I like Braun versus Bray. Because, yeah, it's, it hasn't reached its height yet because it's been designed that way. But we're getting uh, a little bit more every time. Like, and, oh, sorry. Sorry, I like it. And you keep interrupting me, Luke. <laughs> and lastly, Chris Gardner. Um, uh, so, as a man who has decided that talking to girls is dangerous and will eventually lead to bad S word, I'm fine, by the way. I now have much more time on my hands to watch things like Quizlemania. I'm currently halfway through the most recent episode. Um, so my question is to you, do you want to continue the show once total lockdown is over and will we see a format change? Hmm. Uh, it's very, very difficult. I'm not sure. I would be up for trying everyone in the same room, but one of the things that makes Quizlemania actually work is being able to selectively show uh, images. Mm. Uh, everyone can see. Uh, so they can play along at home and also the people in the space I, that, that's possible to do in a studio with this with the screen but you know it's easier to do it this way uh the only thing like the only impediment to me is i love doing quizlemania it's just that when lockdown does lift other stuff will be happening like you know obviously no rolls bard will be doing that in in the same room uh, and there you know there were other plans mm -hmm. for other formats and other shows which had Indeed. to be put on hold so uh we do want to make sure that we keep that going because you know people like quizomania i like it too but um if we if we continue it weekly into lockdown i think it might burn out and i think it may be something that would be really good either once a fortnight or maybe even once a month but i i'm definitely up for still doing it um especially if we can keep escalating in guests that would be amazing yeah uh it's just that there will come a point where uh yeah there are other things to make It is Friday. Got to get down on Friday. Are you getting down on Friday? What are your plans for this weekend? 
so uh, I have uh, I've got a few board games arriving. I've made I've made some purchases. I've actually been I've actually been very good and not bought board games for a little bit. But I've uh, I'm diving into some of these escape room puzzly kind of games. Mm. So uh, we we we've worked through a couple of uh, exit games which yeah, are yeah. basically escape rooms in a box. But there's apparently another series of like adventure games, uh, uh, which are like multiple stages, like three different, like it's almost like a point and click adventure game, but a board Ooh, game like where, you where you have to like combine certain items to make certain numbers and then go to certain places and use these in specific ways. I It sounds very weird but it sounds great so we're going to try one of those i think this weekend uh hanging out with some people playing some um jackbox tonight mm -hmm. uh and then i'm going to i've got uh i've got plans for cooking uh, so i'm i'm made i god i love my slow cooker so much god i love my slow cooker uh but i i made um a really nice pork uh uh, joint uh mm -hmm. like and glaze it with like some balsamic vinegar some soy sauce some garlic and some honey uh and Ooh. just leave that for like literally leave it for like a day and a half in the slow cooker and then it just falls apart and you can make the really nice sauce by combining it with some like corn mm -hmm. and then you just it, it's like this perfect like kind of almost like barbecuey pulled pork Ah, uh, so that's my that's my kind of I'm looking for oh I'm looking forward to that so much, Luke. Beautiful, mate. Ah. Um, I was actually I, I forgot to message you about this as well. Uh, I sent my brother your Burgle Bros um tower that oh, you built, yeah. which is wicked. It was really, really cool. Uh, yeah, he was very, very impressed by your handiwork. Oh, um cool. because we've actually we I bought here uh bought in Burgle Bros for Christmas a couple of years ago, but we've actually only had the chance to play it together once. And even then we only really finished it because we took a couple of mulligans um ah. but it's a really wicked game and I it tell you what putting it like in in high order it really really helps and like yeah. it gives it that such that thematic feel like we were playing it with the oceans um oceans like 11 soundtrack on and it's <laughs> absolutely fantastic uh if uh so you are looking to uh to do a bit of diy uh you can find out the dimensions for all of that on uh, board game geek which is basically the, uh, for those of you who don't know, the IMDB of board games. Uh, I thoroughly recommend it. I could talk about board games for a very long time, but one of the users, um, you'll be able to recognize the pictures if you see my Instagram, uh, Adam the Blompier. Um, I, I link to the the user who hmm. put up uh, the, those designs. So you'll be able to just find him through there and you'll be able to make your own. Like he's, he's got like literally down to a millimeter, all of dimensions and stuff. Yeah, Board Game Geek is also where I got the dimensions to uh, build that Ticket to Ride board uh, for my brother for his birthday. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it, it is uh, yeah, it's a really good resource, is, is Board Game Geek. I, uh, I suddenly realized uh, during the week that uh, a friend of mine, uh, a very good friend of mine actually, is thinking about getting Villainous, which I've been absolutely loving at the moment. Yeah, and, I realized, and I realized you can play that online because you've got, all got your own boards and you've all got your own certain objectives ah. you don't have to be in the same room so as oh, long as you've got as long as you've got you know the person you're playing it with has got their own copy you could play villainous over the internet so right. it's exactly what ravensburger wants exactly. buy four copies instead of one yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so he was planning on buying his own copy anyway and we were like oh this, this is even better now we can play the game together so oh, yeah. that's really cool um yeah, there, there's a couple like there are there are very few, uh, unfortunately, uh, board games that you can play seamlessly uh, mm. online. It's a it's a, it's a great shame, mostly because I, 
I've got so many and I God, I miss board game night, Luke. God, I miss board game night. Um, but yeah, I uh, just, uh, if, if, if I do like, I, cause that's what I'm doing on my Instagram at the moment. I'm finding games that you can either play in isolation with a partner, or if you are living in a, in a flat share, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, or games that you can play online. I am just trying to work, work through my collection, finding out really good games for that and, and like recommending people. Have you ever played Lost Cities? I have not, no. Ooh, so lost it, just because it's in my eye line. It's by Cosmos, and Cosmos are absolutely smashing it at the moment because they've got this new game called um, The Crew, Quest for Planet Nine, which is like a a co-op trick-taking game, which is amazing. I'll get into that um, because I've ordered that as well. I'm going to get into Mm -hmm. that detail but lost cities is basically competitive really tense solitaire it's really cool so what you do is you're you've got a bunch of different uh expeditions you could go on which are yellow white blue green and red uh and each uh expedition has uh a a card like uh numbered two to twenty so red two red three red four red five but there's only one of each in the deck and basically in order to go on a mission you have to put a card down but in order to put another card down on the expedition, you, you can only put a card that's higher. So mm. for example, if you put like a, a red five down, you can't put a red two, a red three, or a red four. Uh, and But you can put anything that's higher. But you don't know if your opponent has higher reds and if they're hoarding all of them. You don't know if the reds are even going to come up. So you're taking a risk on which expeditions you go on because every expedition you go on costs 20 points standard. Um, so you have to basically accumulate more than 20 points in order to make a profit on an expedition. Uh, so you could end up like only putting down one card for an exhibition, not getting any other cards and losing all the points that you've saved up for all of your other expeditions combined. Uh, I don't know if that made full sense, but it's really, really good. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a strict two player. It's one of the best couples games I own. It's very, very addictive, very, um, risk versus reward pushing your luck sort of thing and it's dirt cheap it's a pack of cards so um lost cities thoroughly recommend that one there's a good recommendation i like the end recommendations for 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 board games off you mate so yeah that's, that's good i'll look into that one um yeah so i think we'll probably draw the podcast to a close there uh although just following on from our conversation we had last week about backlash 2000 the most underrated pay-per-view of all time fantastic um, show my uh, my brother's girlfriend um, is going to be sent that main event. So um, she has never seen a wrestling match in her life. And my brother wanted to show her a match. So asked me to find a match that's going to be like that purposely encompasses the madness of wrestling and sort of what mm. wrestling is. And that's so good. it had some like quite sort of stringent sort of things around it. It could be no more than 20 minutes. Um, it had to like really show off the grandeur of wrestling. Um, one of the big ones it had to be available on YouTube, but I've kind of like bypassed that because that was impossible. Um, and nothing too violent because you didn't want to see people getting actually hurt. Oh, okay. Well, so, I, yeah, I think, well, I mean, you see a couple of chair shots to the head in this one, but yeah. like no blood. No, but uh, the one, the front runner for a long time was Sasha Banks versus Bailey from TakeOver Brooklyn because great match tells a great story easy to get into you've got a very clear heel you've got a very clear baby face and then when i watched backlash 2000 after we recorded our magazine show i was like no no this is the perfect wrestling match you've got everyone is so massively over in this 
you've got the big silly storyline of Steve Austin not being in the building where he's supposed to be in Rock's Corner. You've got Vince McMahon, you've got Stephanie McMahon, you've got Shane McMahon as the special guest referee. You've got a big table spot, you've got the big Austin pop, you've got a title change, and you've got The Rock being mm. The Rock, being so massively over. Uh, yeah, and also like it's got one of the best video packages uh before a match ever and it like literally you don't need to see any wrestling to know exactly what's going on in their match from that video package bunch of co uh, corrupt you know sods who run the business uh stacked everything against this guy that everyone loves uh there's a possible wild card at play but we don't know whose side he's on um maximum tension and then yeah the match just kind of it starts really hot grinds right down just into the point where you're bored you're just bored and then they bring everything back. It's so yeah. it's so good. Plus, you've got JR and King doing commentary. And mm. while I don't think JR is great throughout that show, he has got some really salty moments in there, particularly during the uh, the oh, well, <laughs> um, the Attitude Era podcast dubbed it the Hardcore Spectacular. Um, the uh, he is quite good in the main event as JR. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we're going to show that. So hopefully, I can get some feedback on that soon from a first-time wrestling fan watching Backlash 2000, which. <sighs> I was sad to hear, like Louis has said, Louis uh, Dangor, WrestleTalk interviews, Louis Dangor, said that he is going to watch that show for the first time as well because it was out before he was even born. I hate Louis. <laughs> <laughs> and not just for his terrible opinions on Kazuchika Kurokada. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh no. I <laughs> So let's bring this to a close. I uh, hope you all enjoy your weekend, everyone. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw Review, AEW, NXT, SmackDown. In fact, actually, SmackDown's out tomorrow, so you can check that out. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.